What is up everybody? Happy Monday. Today's episode is brought to you by Mountain Primal Meat Company. Mountain Primal is a beautiful ranch out in Colorado that raises 100% organic Highland cattle. They're about as American as you can get, both the company and the people, and they make phenomenal meat cuts. Uh, the chorizos are to die for, and quite honestly, the fuel sticks are, are my favorite. Uh, whether I'm out hiking, headed to the gym, out scouting, or doing whatever trouble I'm finding myself in that weekend, uh, check them out at mountainprimal.com and use code Vanguard for 15% off. Today's episode is a lot of fun. I was finally able to nail Kiahi down and chat. He and I met last summer and got to uh, chat a little bit over rifles and whatnot and finally sat down to share his story and get it out to you all. Before we get into it, please take a second literally just a second to follow and review the show on whatever platform you're on it would mean the world to me uh that being said too please be sure to hit up the website for sponsored deals and the uh, patreon links at vanguardstories.com but otherwise y'all have a great day and uh we'll hit it What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. My name is Austin Jardine, and uh, for those of you new to the show, I'm just a dude with a couple of mics, an office, and uh, the fortune to have crossed paths with some pretty awesome people. Uh, the show focuses on telling their stories, understanding who they are, what they're about, and what it's taken to get to where they're at. My hope is that through these stories, uh, we can relate to you in a way that gets you excited about something new uh, or to get after something you love. So with that in mind, uh, today we're talking to a buddy of mine who, you know, we played a little bit of phone tag trying to get everything lined up, but I'm really excited to have him locked down today because he he's actually doing a lot of really cool things that I'm extremely jealous of. You know, he's a sniper dude, medic dude, hacker dude, and his name is Mr. Kiaki Thompson of Brass Half Full. So Kiaki, man, I'm glad that we're finally talking. How are you? Yeah, I'm stoked. Thanks for having me. I know we've been uh, trying to lock down a date, but uh, between my schedule and your schedule and a hundred things that I want to do all the time, it doesn't usually drive, but I'm here. I made yeah, it. Yeah. You're, you're like slammed. You're a little, you're <laughs> a little bit of everywhere right now. Yeah. So I mean, Kinda how you, my life has been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. You're never bored. So I think if we could, do you mind just giving us an introduction of, of who you are? Cause you know, I've met you and we've, we've BS quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit do you mind just maybe breaking it down a, a little bit as to who you are and then i'll interrupt and harass you yeah so i think uh, as you mentioned a lot of people know me now for um having that uh, social media profile brass half full which um actually has been been running for a short period of time now and kind of lucked out and a lot of the contacts like i made um you know from you to to others and the everly stock crew and and various others. So I'm stoked to have that. But, uh, you know, I originally began an interest in uh, public service careers way back in the day. And uh, so I started uh, originally on the ambulance working as an EMT, and then I progressed, went to medic school, and then um, kind of had a, had a bunch of interest that I wanted to do in life. But uh, usually how things go for me is I pick like a hundred of them and I I try to narrow them down, which doesn't always result that way in the end. So, you know, from having an interest in going to the military, law enforcement, the fire service, I had to pick one. And uh, after I finished medic school, I uh, got picked up with the police department. And so I ran with that career for um, quite a while. Um, I think in total, you know, I just recently stepped away from law enforcement, but in, in total, it was about 14 and a half years, three different departments, uh, various assignments. So that's kind of uh, me in a nutshell. I also was in the reserves for the uh, U.S. Coast Guard, where I did some uh, maritime uh, law enforcement related activities. So yeah, it's kind of um, down and dirty, a little bit about myself professionally. <laughs> I, have, I have a ton of other hobbies, but yeah. Yeah. We'll, so. we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <we'll get> there. <laughs> so when you, when you said that you were drawn to the public service, was there anything in particular that you're like, this is why I want to go that route? Or was it kind of like, just because there was a lot of opportunity there? Um, I think inherently that's just kind of who I was. Um, and I probably owe a lot of that to my dad since he was a, uh, a police officer 
Um, and so growing up in that, um, in that household, so to speak, I, I was kind of already embedded, you know, and then, and then I had a, a whole lot of family that were in the military aside from that. So from whatever it was, I, what the funny thing was, he, he tried to steer me. I don't think I was on purpose, but he would try to drop me off at the fire station and, and kind of say, Hey, <laughs> firefighter is a good job. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it, it is kind of a cool job, but, uh, I still think, you know, chasing down bad guys is cool. So maybe I want to do that. So, um, so yeah, out of high school, I took a, actually, while I was still in high school, I took an EMT class and that definitely piqued my interest, um, and jump-started everything for public service, um, stuff for me. Um, I was also a fire explorer. So I started that pretty concurrently with the uh, EMT class that I did. And then right away out of high school, I, I got picked up with an ambulance service. So, and that, um, that's where I kind of went from there. Yeah. Were all of those things pretty organic? I mean, did you, throughout that process, did you kind of just flow with it or were you actively trying to decide along the way? Yeah, it definitely took, um, a ton of parsing between all of the thoughts that I had. I know in, in school, well, I'll go back because I think about middle school age, I was, let's see, I had printed the manual for a specific CIA job. I had <laughs> like uh, every middle school kid. Does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And then I, I, I wanted to be a fire pilot for some yep. reason, which is, you know, pretty badass job. So why yeah. not? So I actually printed out the um, entry requirements for the application for the U S air force Academy. So I did that and I was running their PT program pretty much nonstop every week. <laughs> um, and then what else? Um, there were a couple of career options that I had thrown in there. And so between all of that, I, you know, you have to come to a decision eventually. <laughs> it was hard for me because I wanted to do everything still kind of, I guess, like today. Um, but realistically, I couldn't be everywhere at once. So, right. so it was definitely hard for me to, to pick one. And when I was in high school, like I mentioned, I, I got my EMT cert and that kicked off um, some stuff as far as interest wise, what I wanted to do. And I love the medical um, aspect of things. So I wanted to continue and doing that stuff. I didn't know where I wanted to go eventually and, and where I wanted to be in the future with it. Um, so, so I, I just kind of stayed on that path for a while um, and then put some of the other things on the, the back burner until let's see when I graduated high school, I, like I mentioned, I already got an ambulance position. So I said to myself, well, okay, if I, if I finish medic school, then I can go and get a, uh, a medical career, um, in the, in the military. But of course, like everything else, I had, uh, 50 other things that I wanted to do. So, <laughs> so that kind of, um, you know, put a stop to that a little bit. And then, um, I worked as a medic for a while in the ambulance until I got a job, um, as a police officer. Okay. So, yeah, that's cool. And so when you went through the medic program, graduated, <clears throat> um, was there a tipping point that, that drove you to become a police officer rather than continuing the EMT route? Well, so for, for those who don't know, um, much about the EMS system in the United States, it's a lot of it's dependent on area and region and where you live and how they run an EMS agency. So it could, you know, be from the aspect of a privatized, um, ambulance service where they're running the majority of, um, service calls in an area versus let's say a fire department who has ambulance service and they're, they're doing that. And there's some other areas that are running other, other options out there, like a community based or hospital based system or a, uh, a government run, which is like uh, county, county health or something of that um, sort. So um, I kind of ended up the region I was in, in private ambulance service. And 
there are pros and cons to everything, but with privatized um, ambulance service, there for the most part isn't, um, um, I guess, a professional aspect seen. Um, whereas other systems, like I mentioned, with the fire department or um, like county or government-run um, um, systems, so I I knew I liked doing that. I just didn't know if I wanted to do that for forever. Sure. Um, and with me, nothing is forever. <laughs> I, I need change. And so I'll try to try to learn as much as I can. That's kind of been my mantra for life is just learning stuff um, as I go along through life and picking up things and getting experience. Um, so I still had that inkling to be a cop. Um, and I didn't want to necessarily be a firefighter, even though I knew how great, uh, you know, firefighters lives were, I, you know, I'd spent a lot of time in the fire station and, um, you know, lounging in those chairs, even though they got, they got a reason for it. They always have a reason for it. Um, I never blamed them for it, but, uh, I, I could see how appealing that life is and sure. with, um, with medical calls or medical runs in the service for fire department nowadays, you know, it's being a paramedic is, is key. So I I could have easily slid into that career field. Um, But like I said, I still had some interest in uh, being a police officer. Yeah. Chasing those (laughs) robbers. So, which is what you did for a long time and you did a lot of cool stuff while you were doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for anybody going into whatever career field that you're going into to keep it interesting and to learn as much as you can and, I guess, visit the various aspects of your profession to kind of keep it fresh. And that's, it's kind of how I went into it. Even though I, you know, once you go into a career uh, as an entry-level person, you still have to learn the basics. So that's where I started like everybody else at the very bottom. Yeah. And, and I uh, not necessarily worked my way up as far as rank goes. Cause I, I never promoted in that sense as far as a supervisory level goes, but with doing things and going to units, uh, specific units. Um, so, yeah. What were, uh, to the extent you are comfortable and able to share, what were, what were some of the more exciting and fun units you were a part of? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many things that I did in that, sh- in that humble brag. Let's hear it. Man. Yeah, no. So well, I started out in patrol obviously, and I kind of lucked out pretty early on, with, um, like I said, hanging around some cool people and getting some opportunities. I actually was a bike cop for a little bit. A bike I cop? Put those, yeah, I put those bike shorts on and I did that <laughs> oh, for a little my. while. Yeah. <laughs> Taking okay. my bike off those sweet jumps. I can't um, tell if you're being sarcastic or not. No, I, I did actually do that for a little while. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I, like I said, I try to dabble on everything. But what was neat is I met some other people there. And, uh, which led me into another opportunity on the department, uh, to be, a, a segue into basically an investigator position, um, doing narcotics investigations. So, That's so that intense. was, yeah, it was quite the adventure. Uh, you know, it definitely kept me on my toes. Like there were cover. Yeah, I was, I was working. So I wasn't necessarily the one. Um, where you see that are contacting individuals. I was mm-hmm. more on the side of um, building investigations on criminal okay. organizations and doing surveillance. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, I, a lot of the movie and TV shows still play it up, but essentially I was on the team going in there and effectuating um, the arrest once an investigation mm-hmm. was concluded. So okay. there's a lot involved. Um but there were in the area that I was working a lot of danger. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a, I was in a pretty bad area. So, I mean, there was, there was a couple of times that kind of made it, um, you know, made me feel as if, okay, well, this is it. I guess this is the day that I, that <laughs> a little movie esque. Yeah, definitely. You know, there was, I mean, I can't speak of uh, a couple of the incidents just sure. because of, um, what went on, but, um, there were, there were a few things that, 
that uh, we were a part of that made my hair on the back of my neck stand up and stay <laughs> up for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So narcotics. Yep. Anything, anything else that you're like super, super proud of? I mean, because I know you did SWAT, Sniper, a lot of these things that yep. you and I bonded over as yep. far as like the long guns and stuff. Yeah. So then eventually um, I, I transferred uh, some departments just because I wanted to move closer to family in, in the same state, but uh, it would have been a little difficult commuting. So like I said, I, I moved and what was pretty neat is not too long after, you know, because of all the experience that I've had from all the other things that I was doing at my previous department, I, I was able to be invited into a tryout for the SWAT team. And, you know, my, like I mentioned earlier, my dad, um, was a police officer and, um, I don't know why I keep saying it was a police officer because he's still working. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I do that, but, uh, he, well, I guess I was going to say that he was a SWAT officer. Um, he had stepped off the team, um, a couple of years ago. Um, but just being around, um, those caliber of people, it just, it was cool, you know, and, and a lot of the things that they did, the trainings and the operations, and it was something that I was really drawn to. So when I got invited to go try out, I was, um, super excited and ready. Like I had poured everything into making sure that I made the team. Yeah. So I, uh, I worked out, you know, basically every day to, to pass that, that exam, I shot, as much as I could leading up to the day for qualifications. I just, I, I went over and uh, over-prepared just to make sure, sure that the day came that I could say, you know, I gave it my all. And if it didn't work out, then it is what it is. I'll try back later because it was a, um, how we did it was an all day event and it started early, early in the morning. And the first portion of it is um, the PT portion or physical, physical uh, aspect of it. So we run um, uh, what we call a pre-fatigue, which is like any other exam you see for um, uh, military or law enforcement with push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups and all that kind of stuff. And then we have a, we have a obstacle course that we run through uh, in various gear uh, on a timed event. So, so that was, that was the make it or break it portion of the morning. Then we moved into uh, firearms qualifications on the various platforms and you would just kind of move on throughout the day. We had a, a written exam after that. And then at the end of the day, if you passed everything, you had uh, a panel interview with the team leaders. Okay. So, so it was, um, it was a long day, you know, and you would see people get, um, um, kind of cut throughout the day, you know, so it would definitely stay with you, um, as you competed or as you completed each event. Yeah. So did that bother you at all? Were you like, I don't know if I made, well, the, I, no, not really. I, I think the, there was a challenging handgun, uh, drill or, or qualification that definitely put people to even, even the good shooters, um, uh, gave them a little bit of a challenge. So when I saw someone, uh, I was fortunate enough, you know, I obviously just based on how much I was shooting, it, I was going to pass just, I was running through it so much. And I was, I was, like I said, over-prepared, sure. but what was crazy was seeing people that, that I thought were pretty decent, the fail that, uh, that qual. So, I luckily I, I was able to push, <laughs> push through, like I, like I said, but it definitely is, um, you know, heartbreaking for those others who didn't make it. I mean, there was a, there was one guy who was trying out on the obstacle course portion and he missed it. I think by like a second, he was like a second over. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. So they, they, they cut he, him. 
Yeah, that was that was the end of his day. That would suck. Yeah, so you show up, you do the you know the pre fatigue with the push ups and all that kind of stuff, and then you run you run the obstacle course, and you're one second over on the obstacle course, and that that's it for you, and you go. That's yeah. a letdown. That's yeah, that's tough. a bummer day, right yeah, there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't even know how you come back from that. Like, how do you go home? I don't know that. I I have no room to talk because I never. Yeah, done it. but well, man, that would suck. Yeah, that's upset. why I wanted to make sure if I'm going to do this, I'm not, that, that's not going to happen to me, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so what if, whatever I had to do to get my body over that finish line, yeah. me a lot of time, I'm going to do it. So. so leading up to this point, then like, let's say you've got a kid that is interested in going that route, you know, I'm hearing over-prepare for sure. But what other things that did you either know, learn, or wish you knew going into it? Yeah, I think, and I, I don't speak for every mm-hmm. SWAT team, but, you know, hopefully they do have some type of um, liaison or something like that where you can reach out to current members and most, most will do this where you'll approach them and they want to see your interest, right? So if you approach them, if you're already slated in some kind of, mentoring program or have some kind of liaison with the team then get some pointers you know ask them what they did to prepare i think that's super um super important and what i also did was get a uh and most will do this like i said with getting a list of um, requirements so what the what the firearm call is usually there isn't a surprise to that stuff and what the what the physical requirements were what the time cutoffs um, for the events were. And I ran off of that list. That was like my life yeah. for the, for the time uh, that I had to prepare. So I just went off of that really. And I tailored my, my physical training specifically to that. Cause I mean, you're not running per se an obstacle course every day like that. Right. You know, there are, there are things you're going to be having to have do, to do, especially in full gear with it, like hopping over fences and climbing on stuff, but you're not doing a, a complete obstacle course. Like the one that you're actually running every day yeah. as it's set up for the test. So that's not to say that you should just let yourself go after that, but definitely prepare for the, for the test and what it's supposed to be. So I did that and I had no issues um, um, doing it. So that's, that's one recommendation I would make um, as far as not being prepared. I don't know if there's anything specifically. I think what made me um, a little bit more nervous is, and I guess this could be in any uh, military or law enforcement unit in, in testing phases is having people there, your peers. Mm-hmm watching you oh yeah and so <laughs> you know that is definitely um kind of a mind bender for a lot of people yeah Get used to people watching and judging yeah judging you you know like especially if uh if you know for instance you throw around or something you're like damn it <laughs> and the people behind you are kind of whispering like you suck you suck you know what i mean so stuff like that. It, it definitely, definitely, you have to, you have to go into it with not just physical preparedness, but mental preparedness. Sure. And I think that begins from day one, knowing that you want to do something like that. Yeah. I think if you've, I think if you, I think if you set it up where physical preparedness is number one and you're like, yeah, I'm going to crush this test, right. Physically, I can do this obstacle course. I can do the pushups. I can do pull-ups. I can do so I can do all that stuff. I can run, and then you're like, okay, now I've done all that. Let me build in my mental program. Typically, that's a little bit harder because um, if you've already prepared yourself and you've been doing routine physical fitness um, prior to, it shouldn't be that much of a challenge, at, um, the, the, the exam for the most part. Yeah. So getting your mindset in the place that it's supposed to be so that you get to a point where let's say for instance, you get sick the day before the test and you show up and maybe you don't have 
the energy or the stamina that you had the day before you were sick. And now you're working on that. Well, if you didn't have the mindset beforehand um, to push through and dig deep and get through that obstacle, then I, I really doubt you will have it at that point when you're trying to find, find it someplace. Yeah. You know, and when you're you talking pulling out thin air. Yeah. And when you're talking mindset, you're talking like the ability to kind of accept the fact that something's going to suck and work through it. Yep. I think if you've already had it in your head, like, yeah, this is going to be really, really awful. You know, as far as all the things I, I was talking about with people that were there, looking at you, judging you. Well, yeah, they're there for a reason. They're judging you because they want you to be on the team. They want you to be prepared. They want you to be at an acceptable level, but then physically, you know, that stuff's going to suck regardless. You know, there's some days that you actually might be on some operation for 12 plus hours and you've already worked maybe 12 hours previous to that. So, you know, it's just, life's going to suck, but when you get to that point, will you be able to get over that hurdle? Will you be able to climb that wall? If somebody calls you for help, are you going to be able to go to them? There are things that you have to do and being tired and, um, and not prepared for the suck for lack of a better term. Um, you can definitely let that, that link in the team down and can, can sort of collapse uh, entire operations and, and the success thereof. So, yeah. Was there anything that you found that helped you develop that either, I guess, throughout your time or leading up into it? Well, so in my younger days, um, when I had less injuries, even though I still kind of do things on my own, I was doing triathlons quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, <laughs> in, you know, in, yeah. So those endurance sports, they definitely, I, I guess whatever sport you want to do, there are some aspects of it where you're going to have to have that pucker or suck factor yeah. in there somewhere. And so for me training for and, and comp- competing in triathlons, um, was was definitely a phase for me to um to see that and to know yeah things are bad when you think they're bad and you might be breaking down and you might not have prepared as best you can but when you get to those low low moments as i did when i was doing triathlons then you can you can definitely push through i mean your body is more capable than what most think um its abilities are so and it starts with the mind okay be 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 uncomfortable is what i'm hearing yeah push yourself i I think i think if you push yourself in places where you're uncomfortable you know a lot of great can come out of it and there are there are more more apt people than me in whatever topic that there are better examples of it than than me but yeah that's what i've noticed growing up and doing uncomfortable things so okay okay well we'll move into brass half full and your ranch and some of the cool stuff that you're up to now so do you mind sharing how you got into brass half full how that kind of has grown into what it is and what you're doing with it and your fancy ranch now that i'm excited to get down to it yeah we need to get you out there um yeah so you know well i'll kind of preface it with obviously I made it on the team. So, and then, uh, you know, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> the brass half full team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well the SWAT team. Oh, um, oh, oh, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. Is that, uh, we were talking about getting on the team, but yeah, so I oh, made it on the sorry. team and no, yeah, no, ADD. Squirrel. uh, what, what, what's that? Um, yeah. So I made it on the team and, uh, I progressed and, Pretty early on, I was already kind of hinting to people like, I want to do that. And I want to yeah. shoot those guns uh, because we break, you know, for, for, for people that don't know a whole lot about of, uh, um, the, the, the SWAT program or how, how it's constructed, there are various jobs that people do, whether you're a, a chemical agent person and you deploy munitions 
or you're a breacher and you're working on getting into structures, whether it's, um, you know, from manual breaching all the way up to explosive breaching. So there are those kind of jobs. And I think there are already people that are, you know, when they come on the team, they're like, yep, you're a breacher. <laughs> what made you think that, you know, so there are already people that are kind of streamlined to those jobs. Yeah. And I did, I did go through a lot of, uh, um, some other, um, training to kind of help me, um, as I navigated my time on the team. So I, you know, I was a chemical agent instructor and did some of those things, but I really wanted to, to learn, uh, police sniping. So it just was, um, timing. I, I don't say all timing, but me hanging out with them, um, and, uh, timing and some other things, it, it worked out. So we had some other snipers, um, leave the team and, and transfer on to other roles. Um, and I think one of them might've retired, but, um, so it just presented a spot and yeah. I was like, yep, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Mine plug me in. Yeah. So, um, we had, what's cool is, the sniper community is a lot different than most others and they're very tight knit, you know? So with, within the SWAT team itself, we're divided into groups by positions, but we, and roles and what we do as far as uh, what we contribute to um, based on our training and experience, but snipers, um, which is weird. We had to do the same kind of a thing to get on the sniper team it's like, a, it's like a team within a team. It was like, we always had our own like secret meetings. We would always have our own little, <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, I guess, I don't know. Snipers like to make themselves feel cooler than they are. That's fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, it's like the long range community thinking like all those AR shooters are, <laughs> yeah, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Let me tell you some long range things. Right. Yep. Uh, it's kind of like that. And so, so they had a, a meeting before I came on to the sniper side to kind of thumbs up or thumbs down. And luckily I got all thumbs up. So, um, I walked on, uh, onto the sniper team and started from the, from the baby level, went to training, got, um, trained up pretty quickly and yeah. So that's where I spent my later part of my, my uh time on the team how long is a i guess how long was sniper training for you well the so the basic course um for our um sniper class for basic sniper is a week okay um but then we go and do ojt or on the job training and then what they do pretty quickly thereafter is send you to a bunch of other um schools and so you're picking up things from from those Everywhere. classes. Yeah. When you're, 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 I mean, whether it's just on the sniper team or on the SWAT team, um, picking up all these different, you know, training tips and, and going through these classes is definitely beneficial. Um, I'm jealous. So, yeah, I, I wish, I wish my job sent me to different long range <laughs> schools. That would be something else. Yeah. It's, it's not a bad gig. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I've, I've definitely appreciated being sent to a lot of those trainings and I picked up a lot of tips, like I mentioned with, uh, people that are a lot more knowledgeable and experienced than I, so I will definitely gladly take all the information that I get from those people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of segueing into brass half full, there was another guy on the team that kind of approached me and said, Hey, um, are you interested in doing social media? I said, Nope. <laughs> um, and had I not done it, I guess I wouldn't be at this point where I'm at with brass half full. So I kind of on the other side of my brain said, well, let's just see where it goes. Yeah. You know, uh, I've never been, it's funny. Cause I just was popping through the TV the other night and yes, man was on. <laughs> Uh, with Jim Carrey, where he has to say yes <laughs> yeah. to everything. I was like, yep, let's do it. <laughs> so 
I was kind of a, not necessarily yes, man, but I, I, I've been more open to doing things outside of my, like I said, comfortability realm. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just give it a go. And, you know, fortunate as we were early on with a friend who was doing photos for us, um, actually he's still doing photos for me to this day. Nice. A good friend of mine. Yeah. Plug Sunburn Studios. Um, <laughs> and so you know, he's a awesome photographer, takes some amazing photos and we threw it up there and kind of caught on. And yeah, I mean, I think for me, I had been doing training, um, for, for other people. Um, and I, I continued my education in paramedicine and I did so many other things that I wanted to keep instructing. That was kind of one of my main goals with it. So along with doing social media and a few other things, that was what I really wanted to do. Um, no, actually, I just wanted to sell stickers and t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, can you imagine like you start this whole empire and you're like, I just wanted to sell stickers and t-shirts. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> not. No, I guess you no. could. I mean, people do. Yeah, it. they do do it. I mean, I, I just could have started an Etsy or something for it. That's but... fair. You know, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Spreadshirt is free, though. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. How... And you don't have to do any shipping, which is yeah. nice. Well, I mean, it's awesome how streamlined stuff is nowadays. I mean, can you imagine the people back in the day are like, no, man, I am printing my own shirt at home right now. Right. This sucks. Yeah, I know. Actually, I thought that that's what I was going to have to do when I started my spread shop. And then I did research and I was like, dude, it's free and it takes 10 minutes. I was like, I'm yeah. going to do this right now. Like the, those iron, remember those iron on ones? Yeah. They're like, mom, yeah. the iron's broken again. Yep. Or, uh, or you had to like special order them through the print shop in town and they're yeah. like, it'll be, you know, $60 a shirt. And you're like, no, thanks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have, we're kind of busy. So we'll have that done for you in like six months. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. I guess I didn't. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but you started doing the social media when, how did you, I guess you kind of did it on a, on a whim. How did you decide the content that you're going to do? Um, well, it was kind of a collaborative thing on how we would, I, I had zero experience with social media. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember MySpace and be around during that time. And me, even me when my yeah. friends, yeah, even when my friends were on that, I had zero interest in that. Yeah. So, which is weird because I am kind of a, a, uh, you're a nerd now. I'm a, I'm a secretive nerd. Like nobody knows that about me where I used <laughs> to actually, I used to dabble on, um, building websites. Um, so, but that was a long time ago. And so I never really was interested at all in social media. So fast forward to um, Brass Hat Full. And as far as postings went, I wanted to make sure um, that with my friend who's doing the photography, um, kind of having that slightly different um, feel um, of, you know, putting photographs out there and i wanted a kind of a professional based option mm -hmm. and so doing those things how we did it was pretty cool and very catchy and very i guess artsy i don't know another word for it that's any better but that coupled with um putting out some information yeah. rather than just um hey it's monday you know so everybody knows it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, thanks no, for the reminder. Really? Is it really Monday? <laughs> I gotta check my calendar. Yeah, right. it is Monday. <laughs> so you know, I wanted to do a little bit more in depth. Um, yeah. The way I've kind of always thought about life in general is, you know, I've I've learned so many things from other people that I've taken along the way, and they've passed that down from other people that they've learned it from, and I think it's just a good service to, to, to give out the things uh, you've learned from other people to pass it on to others. Yeah. And this is just a, this is just how it is nowadays with information passing with social media, you know, it's just a, such a huge medium. And so when we were doing these, these photographs, I wanted something to be attached to them that would be pretty meaningful to people who were actually visiting the page. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so whether it was, you know, farms related or mindset related, they can actually grab something from it. And it doesn't have to be like every post, like, Oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Um, you know, so just, I guess, inject some of that training on that type of platform. Um, and then, yeah. And then hopefully it would, it would, uh, it would get to a, a point where I could actually, uh, facilitate some, some type of training yeah. under the, uh, under the company umbrella. So, so that's kind of where I'm at now. I mean, um, like I said, I, I've been teaching on the side for other people, um, and I'll still continue to do that. And, um, you know, I, I still myself, am a, I'm a, I'm a student for the rest of my life. So I'll always be attending courses and trainings and it doesn't matter the subject. It's just, I, I live to learn. Yeah. So I think it's important. I think, I think getting stuck in a place where you're like, yeah, I am at the top and I have nothing else to learn. I mean, there's so many different things you can study. Yeah. There's no way possible you can learn about one thing. Or- Somebody once told me, uh, if you find what is it? If you feel like you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember who said that or where I heard it, but that, that stuck with me a little bit. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, if you ever feel like you're too smart to be somewhere, try moving on. Yeah, exactly. There are a ton of other rooms that you can walk into. You're like, oh, I feel dumb. Like yeah. I feel super dumb here. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, I, I mean, I think that that's a good place to be maybe not ignorant, but humble about it to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to learn and willing to accept the fact that like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yep. I think that goes back to the being uncomfortable thing. Yeah. You know, like you, you can be, you can totally be satisfied with the information and the experience that you have currently, but that doesn't mean you've quote unquote made it. You know, yeah. I mean, there are some people that are supremely um, um, intelligent in their in their field, like rightly so, and for whatever whatever field that they they operate in, like those people are, you know, they they are who they are for a reason. Yeah. Have you ever felt like you were in? Um, man, how do I want to ask this? Like, have you ever felt like you were in one of these rooms that you were super uncomfortable with, but never felt like you could? I guess, make any ground in learning about something? Like, do you ever feel stuck? Um, I think stuck in the sense that I was more frustrated with myself, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, Just like not being able to like learn or get over something or. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's a loaded question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it, It is. I mean, it's that's kind of a hard one. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So if people uh I guess let's talk about the courses. What kind of courses are you teaching now? Because I know I saw what there was a, a defensive pistol or um not defensive, but it was yeah, a, concealed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're teaching that and then what else is coming down yeah. the pipe? Yeah. Um uh so I obviously those are um some some important classes and obviously from the I, I guess I didn't mention this either in our earlier discussion, but uh, I was also a farms instructor for the department. So I, I definitely like injecting some um, real world um, cases and, and experience from either what I've gone through or from what other people have gone through to kind of help people um, to prepare for, I know we were talking offline about, you know, being ready for if you're, if you're an armed citizen carrying and you encounter somebody who's an active shooter, what to do after that, you know, have you thought about what, what's going to happen in the, in the aftermath of those incidents? So do you know what to do when the police officers are coming to, to respond to the scene? You know, all those things that I think some courses don't really touch on a whole lot. Yeah. And I think, that's an important thing to, to do. So that's, that's just one class uh, the other classes that I'll probably be doing in the future are uh, rifle-based classes. Um, I, I really like doing positional stuff. So I teach some of that um, with uh, another company currently, and then, and then just various other medical 
classes. I, like I said, I still teach some of that. And then I'm going to try to, uh, with the property that I have, which is an amazing place to be and, and to use, uh, some survival, um, type courses, nice. but that it'll be more integrated into, um, I don't know, with other core, with other course subjects, I guess. Yeah. So it'll be, you know, survival with, let's say older medicine versus newer, modern medicine techniques. So it'll just kind of be a, an array of things. What I really want to focus on too is, uh, is search and rescue, yeah. um, type stuff for a lot of people that are going outdoors nowadays is obviously very helpful for those people. And I, I also like, um, climbing, so there'll be some rope access um, classes coming in the future at the property as well. So, so a lot going on, try to figure out how I can maintain my sanity with everything that I have. So <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm like, here's, you're rattling all these things off. I'm like, well, I like that. Well, that sounds like fun. Well, I repelled off my balcony in college. I want to go do this. This sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are other things that i plan to implement, um, as I move forward, but, you know, uh, some things that I think that people should have access to for training wise, if they're yeah. going to be doing some of these things out on their own, it doesn't have to be anything super tactical. Like you see, um, people doing on cool videos, but definitely practical things that you can learn and take with you. If you're going to rock climb, or if you're going to wherever you can anywhere really pick, pick some place. Yeah. If you're learning yeah. medical topics, if you, um, if you're happening on a, on an event, like we were, um, talking about earlier today offline, but, um, yeah. So, yeah. so are you getting these towards anybody then? Like anybody can sign up and get after it or are you just kind of yeah. honing in on specific groups? No, I mean, they'll, they'll be, there'll be courses that'll be separated. So, It'll, it'll be listed on there in the future, whether or not the course is going to be designed for, for all or just towards a specific, uh, specific group. I mean, there'll be some, there'll be some that'll just be, um, designed for law enforcement or, or military folks. Yeah. But for the most part, the stuff that I'm going to be having at the ranch is going to be, um, available to, to everybody. Cause I want people, like I said, I want people to to go and get training if, um, you know, one, for instance, and I'll give you just a, a short snippet of, of a course that's going to be going on is having your pack on, um, whether you're hunting or doing something in the woods and you just take your pack and maybe a rifle with you, but traversing the terrain and, and knowing some, um, basic rope knowledge, you know, so if you get into a jam or if you need to help somebody or yourself that you can get out of it to incorporate, yeah. to incorporate, to incorporate things like that into one class. So, nice. yeah, that sounds like fun. I, I would enjoy all of what you just said. Yeah. I think that that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I would, might as well just move down there. My wife would be like, yeah. where did you go? And I'd be like, Shh. yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I mean, there's, there are other, other things I want to get into, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's built on a time schedule for myself and others that'll be helping me. So slow as I go, but, uh, uh you know, it'll, it'll, it'll come eventually. Yeah. And uh, is that all under the brass Apple website that people can go look at that? Yep. It'll be, um, some, It'll probably be around the fall time for that, for that one particular rope course. Um, so people can look at it on yeah, brassaffold.com. Um, taking a little bit of a summer break right now and yeah. trying to get things um, straightened out in my personal life as far as, you know, stuff going on um, for me, but yeah, that's where they can find it. And then, you know, obviously I, I teach uh, other places as well. So I always uh, will uh, make sure to, to tag people and to show people what I'm doing. Cause I'll probably have some of those uh, other trainers at my property as well in the future. So yeah. um, if you're curious to see who else I'll have at the, at the property um, you can always follow brass at full and I'll probably make the announcements on there. Cool. Yeah. 
Awesome, man. Well, is there anything else you feel like we missed or want to cover? I don't know if you want to traipse down what you're what you're doing after law enforcement or if you want to kind of trail off into something else. Um, no, I mean, I, I think I pretty much covered everything. I, you know, there are so many other, um, things I still want to accomplish in life. And I have a million hobbies that I try to fit into, uh, a lifetime, which is, I think like sure. an impossibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I am entirely with you. I am, I'm such a squirrel. Honestly, yeah. like, that's, that's why I love this podcast is that I, it's like, it's like my reason to squirrel out because yeah. I get to chat with everybody who's doing things that like, I absolutely love. Yeah. Like I, it's just, it's just, it's fun because my garage is filled with just like bows and arrows and yeah. shotguns and rifles and ARs yeah. and whatever else I decided yeah. to do that summer. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I have so many hobbies that it's just hard to fit in it. And then on top of that, like, Oh yeah, I have a family. I forgot. I have, <laughs> i'm joking you know for anybody's but uh yeah so but really not but really not yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's hard to fit everything into uh into uh a lifetime you know of it is of learning and, and doing so but yeah awesome man okay well i will leave you alone but thank you mr kiahi this was this was good. It was good to chat finally and, and catch up a little bit more. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode with Kiyaki. Uh, I encourage you all to go take a look at his uh, his page, uh, Brass Half Full. I'll get that linked in the episode description as well as his website. And uh, stay tuned for his upcoming courses because I guarantee you they're going to be awesome. Uh, not only because is he a wealth of knowledge, but honestly just a good dude. Knows a lot, been, a lot, been uh, doing a lot of stuff for quite a long time. So I encourage you to take a look. And uh, I, I look forward to getting down there at some point, hopefully when uh, the COVID shenanigans uh, let up. But beyond that, you all have a great day. And uh, we'll catch you next time.